Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Podcast, coming to you from San Andres Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now here is Pastor Eddie with this week's message. Verse 1. We are in this series entitled, Why? We are looking at the questions that the prophet Habakkuk has been asking. Chapter 1 is where the prophet is uh, complaining and God is responding to the prophet's complaint. And then chapter 2, all the way to chapter 3, is the way the prophet is looking at what God is doing. So after his complaint, and, and after God spoke to him, and after God instructed him, he sat back and he started to see God at work. So let's read our verse 12 um, in chapter 1, all the way through. If you have it, say amen. And if you're sitting on the screen and waiting on it on the screen, say thank you, Lord, for the screen. The prophet says, Oh, Lord. His second complaint, are you not from everlasting, my God, my Holy One? Will we die? Is that what he said up there? He said, you will never die, meaning you will never let us die. But you, Lord, he said, God, you will not let us die, but you have appointed who? Them. Remember, them is referring to the Babylonians. The Babylonians, them, okay? He's talking about the Babylonians. So when he said them in this verse here, he's referring to the Babylonians. And if you can recall, the Babylonians were a ruthless, conquerors people. Very violent. And let's read this now in light of that. Let's go back to the verse right there. He said, Lord, are you not from everlasting, my God, my Holy One? So he recognized who God is, right? And look at this. We will never die, or you will not allow us to die. You, Lord, have appointed who are them? The Babylonians. And then he said, uh, What is to them to execute judgment? You, my rock, have ordained the Babylonian to what? Okay, so we see the, the complaint of the prophet. So let's continue. Verse 13 He said, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. Thank you so much. He said, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. Where am I? You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Let me read from here then because I can't see up there. Say, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. What are you saying? Wrongdoings, right? Why then do you tolerate treacherous people? Why are you silent? While the wicked swallow those more righteous than themselves. You have made men like fish in the sea. Like sea creatures that have no ruler. The wicked foe pulls all of them up with hooks. Look at the description. Just metaphors and imagery. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net. And burns incense to his dragnet. For by his net, he lives in prosperity and enjoys the choicest food. Is he to, to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? And look at verse 2, what the prophet decided to do. Look, God, this thing too horrible. I can't take this. I can't stand this. You know what? I will just stand and watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. And what answer I am going to receive to this complaint? Tell somebody beside you to your right and to your left and tell him, 
the struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle is real. Real, real. The struggle is real, real. We find the prophet struggling here in the text. And if I will be able to summarize chapter 1, I think I will summarize the point of, or the argument that chapter 1 is making like this. God does not tolerate or overlook wrongdoings. God does not tolerate or overlook or celebrate wrongdoing. God judge wrongdoings. This is the, conf the conflict or the tension that we find with the prophet Habakkuk in chapter 1. Because in verse number 3 in chapter 1 and verse number 13, the prophet is sort of confused. Because in verse number 3 in chapter 1, the prophet said these words. He said um, to the Lord, why do you make me look at injustice? And listen to the question he asked in the same verse. He said, why do you tolerate wrongdoings? And then in the verse 13, in the same chapter 31, he said, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoings. Why then are you tolerating these evil wrongdoers? This is the conflict and the struggle that the prophet had. He sees God like he's, he sees that God is tolerating and God is overlooking Judah's sinfulness. And then he turned around and said, after God answered him and said, I'm going to judge Judah. He looked at God and said, but God, how is it that you are going now to judge Judah with people that are worse than Judah? We will say in Creole, the problem or the solution is worse than the problem. So this man is struggling with what God is doing because he's seeing the sinfulness of his city. But yet he's seeing God using people more sinful and more wretched than his own people to bring judgment and to bring correction. This man said, God, I'm confused. I'm, I'm struggling, God. I, I just can't understand. Um, I ask you to do something, but then you come over here and do something far different. I, 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 I can't understand. What are you doing? The prophet is struggling because of what? God is doing. What is his struggle? His struggle is to see a consistency and a connection with who God is, his character, his essence, his nature, and with what God is doing. So the question that the prophet is asking, I know who you are, but I don't see you in what you are doing. And that, I believe, is the tension that all of us go through in life. We know who God is. We know God is loving. God is about life. God is about doing things that bring benefit to people. But all I am seeing and all I am experiencing around me is evil, is wickedness, is livelessness, is death. The prophet is saying, Lord, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I know who you are. But what you are doing, I can't take it. Let me ask a question. Have you ever been there before? God, I've been praying. I've been seeking your face. I want to be closer to you. But I know who you are. But what you are doing, I can't take it. I am struggling. Let's look at verse 12. And then we look at verse 13 to the verse 17. And then we look at verse chapter 2, verse 1 of chapter 2. What we will find in these um, different verses? In verse 12, we will find the prophet struggling with God's choice 
or God's decision. And then in chapter, in verse 13 to the verse 17, we will find the prophet struggling with God's method or what I call procedure. And then we will look at the prophet. Okay, God, I am struggling with what you are doing, what I see, who you are. But you know what? I am going to put my confidence in you. That is what we're going to find in chapter 2 and in verse 1. Let's begin with the prophet struggles with God's choice in the verse 12. What we find here in the verse 12, we find this. Habakkuk is struggling with the Lord's choice because the Babylonians were ruthless. They were a, a very violent and very aggressive people. And Habakkuk sees death instead of seeing correction. What he's seeing out of these people that God has appointed and selected is only violence and death to his people. That is that correction. So when we look at the verse two, number 12, we'll find two things that the prophet see God is doing and he could not stand and he could not accept. He said in the first part, he said, you have appointed them to execute judgment. And then he said, you have ordained them in the verse 12 to um, punish your people. So what Habakkuk is saying, God, I ask you to correct our people, but what I'm seeing you doing, you are going to kill and destroy our people. You see the tension that the prophet is seeing here? He sees God's solution. He asked God for a solution. And when God gave him the solution, God said, this is my decision, but God, I can't take your decision. I want this, and you are giving me this. And I can't take that because I want this. This is the journey of every Christian in life. What God wants for us, we always struggle with. Because we always want what we want. That's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and chapter 6 when he was talking about the spirit of God within the church. Paul said, the church of God, we don't live by our flesh, but we live by the spirit. And the spirit and the flesh is in what? constant fight and tension because the spirit want to do what God says but our flesh want to do what we want and the flesh always goes against God so the prophet said look hey God I can't take it because what I want I want you to give us agua uh, tibia I want you just to pat us and just touch us easy you know no kill nobody just touch us easy and then we want to get back in line and God said no man I just can't touch you easy because the easy way I touch you, the easy way of going back. So prophet said, I have to bring something to remind you that you need to understand that if you walk away and decide to do what you want, I will bring judgment. God does not overlook and God does not ignore wrongdoings. I like what one commentator said as he captures the picture of the prophet's struggle. He said, Habakkuk is struggling to reconcile his theology of God with the word of God that has just been revealed to him by God. He knows who God is, but he's struggling with what God is doing. Okay, let me see if I can explain you. When I used to play basketball, I, one occasion when they had a tournament um, by the Coliseo de San Luis, they had the, the, the December tournament. Um, the team that our coach chose to play with, I look at it and I say, but we will never win one game with this team. And I got to the coach, you know, because I play like I have Habakkuk, I like the superstar. You know, I say, God, 
Hey, coach, come on, man. Me need some good player. Give me a post. Give me a, a corner and three-point shooter. So when I go in and I throw the ball out there, he can catch and shoot. She coach said, I make my decision. This is my choice. And you trust my choice. And you say, I said, no, man. Me. Ah, man, I can't take this choice, man. Yeah, you know, I said, we know, with one coach, he man said, trust me, man. And we went down the game. We win the first one. And we went back again and we begin playing and we start to win and we start to win and we started to win. We started to win. And guess what? The same one that was saying the coach was making a bad choice, I celebrate. I said, Coach, you make the best choice. This is the best choice. <laughs> you know, but you know what I understand right there? You know what I learned? Never take the book by the cover. Never look at people's appearance and draw a false conclusion. Wait and trust the process. And when you trust the process, you will see God's blessing in the midst of the process. And the same thing that you can't understand right now may be what God is doing and choosing for you so that you can be a blessing and you can receive a blessing. So what we learn from this, what the prophet learned and what God was teaching the prophet, and I hope that we will learn this as well. God chose people based upon his goodness and upon his divine purpose. God does not choose people based upon their appearance and their supposed goodness. Meaning, there is nothing good in us that will make God say, wow, you are the best. I have to choose you. I have to use you. No, there is nothing good in us. The only thing that God do and based upon his, his choice that he makes and the, based upon his choice, he's basing it upon his goodness and his divine purpose for our lives. Okay, you don't believe me? Who remember the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament? The prophet Samuel was a man of God. He loved God. He anointed the first king over Israel. But there was an occasion in his life when God said, I want you to go to the house of Jesse and I want you to take Jesse's sons and I want you to take the one that you least expect I can use to bring a blessing to the people. I want you to anoint that person and bring him and make him the second king of Israel. So the prophet went down to the house of Jesse and he, the Jesse brought out all of the strapping, good-looking, strong man that he had in his house. And he said, David, you continue feeding sheep because you, you smile like me. You know, you shout and you feeble and you can't do nothing. And the prophet come down and like, you have to be this one. You have to be the other one. You have to be the another one. And God said, no. No. None of them. So the prophet said, but wait. This one looked like King Saul. He's here long, he's strong, and when he step out there, all the girls are going after him. God said, no! And look at what God said to the prophet Samuel in chapter 16 and verse 7. In chapter 16 and verse 7, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. heart. The no, listen, this is not me and you. This is the prophet of prophets. The schools of prophets started through Samuel. How is it that this man of God could not see what God was doing? You know why? Because he wanted God to work how he wanted, and he was not trusting what God was doing. Okay, he was not the only one. Let's journey back from the Old Testament all the way to the first chapter in John chapter 1. And in verse 46, there was a man by the name of...
Nathaniel, when his brother went up and said, you see the person that Moses was talking about in the Old Testament? You remember the prophets then that they were talking about this man, the Messiah that was to come, the one who would be king of Israel and of the world? Yeah, yeah. Nathaniel said, yes, yes. What happened? He's here. Come let me show you. He's from Nazareth. And from there, Nathaniel asked, come and Philip said, let me show you. This man had the king of the universe. The one who created by his word. The one that God created everything in front of him. But because he did not please him, he could not accept him. We stayed up. All of us. This choice that God had for him, he did not like it. Listen to what I want us to understand. What God approves, no man can disapprove. Amen. Who God chooses, no man can reject or put away because who God chooses, God will use for his glory. You can put sand in the midst, but it will not bring forth the purpose of God. You need to put David there. You need to put Jesus there so that what God has planned for his earth and for his people shall fulfill. Listen, choose the way of God. Don't choose your way. And now we find the prophet Habakkuk in verse 12, chapter 1. He could not accept God's way. He was struggling to accept God's choice. He wanted anybody else. Bring any other nation. Bring any kind of nation. But not the Babylonians. Mm -mm, I can't take them. I don't like them. So you can't bring them around me. Because them are the worst people. But God said, I chose them. This man was struggling with God's choice. Second thing that we notice about the prophet in verse 13 through the verse 17 is that the prophet was not only struggling with God's choice, but he was struggling with God's process or method of using the Babylonians there. Violence, wickedness, and evil method that they used to conquer nation. What the Babylonians they used to do? They used to take the hooks them that they used to go fish with. And when they get the people them so that they will strike terror in the hearts of the people that they are conquering, they will take the people them, children alive. Live children between 5 until the 15 years of age. And they will take those long big hooks and put the children live on it. And hanging up in the middle of the street so that when the people they will see that they will come and become afraid of the Babylonian and they will come under their subject. Do you see why the prophet is struggling? These people are violent. These people are evil. Look at what they did to the children around. So this man was right there in tension with what God is doing. And this man began to use some imagery to describe how he felt about God's procedure and method. Listen to me family. Look at verse 13 in the second part of verse 13. He said, why are you silent, Lord? Why the wicked, look at the image here. The wicked swallow up. Those more righteous than themselves. The prophet is saying, God, how is it that you allow the righteous people to suffer like this? How is it that you allow the people them that really genuinely love you to go through these things? And the prophet could not understand. And the prophet was struggling with God's process and method. And then in verse 15, look at what he said. He used the word wicked again. He said, the wicked foes, as I was describing already, they pull all of them with hooks. He catches them in his net. He gathers them up in his dragnet. And so he rejoices. And he glad that they not have mercy. 
They see people dying. They see people suffering. But guess what? We walk like the good, like the Samaritan, like the chief priests, and we look at the Levites, and we walk on the other side and dead. Suffer. Continue in your situation. Thank God we are not like that as wiser people. Now, when we are struggling, we come together with one another and we help each other. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that will become our reality. This man is saying they have no mercy. They will see people suffering. And you are going to use these people. The prophet said, Oh God, I can't take this. And then in verse 16, he said, Therefore, he sacrifices, referring to the Babylonians, to his nets and burns incense, to his dragnet. By his net, he lives in prosperity. So for them to prosper, they have to break the backbone of people. That's all like kind of San Andreas, right? Other people can come here and prosper, but we can't prosper. But thank God. God in his divine purpose touched certain things and certain airline couldn't come down and everybody start coming because they start feeling what we are feeling. And this is what the prophet is saying. Hey, as long as we continue to be aloof and separate ourselves from the reality of the people, listen, one of these days we will touch you. And the same people who you want to support you will be the same people that will reject you. Because when were you, or where were you when they needed your help? So, no. This picture is not beautiful. This man is asking God, why would you choose this process? You know what the prophet was using and what God was teaching the prophet through these methods? That he disgusts and he rejects the path of sinfulness. That's all God was doing in chapter 1. I hate and I reject sinfulness. So as we read Habakkuk chapter 1, what we should understand and should learn that we as God's people must choose the path of righteousness over sinfulness. Because one of these days, if we continue in the path of righteousness, God will touch us. Listen, God will let go the string and let us run with our free choice. And our own desires. But one of these days, one time, he had back in that string. Ask God for mercy. Listen, we don't want to adopt this new philosophy. What we call a new age philosophy that is coming out. It's all about love. All I need is love. It's like what Bob Marley said. My philosophy is, Bob Marley's son said, my philosophy is love. Listen, love corrects. Love discipline. Maybe the world will give you love and get out love out of you, but God's love always brings correction. Okay, let me give you an illustration. You remember in John chapter 8, in the verse 1, all the way to the verse 11, there was a woman who was caught in adultery. And according to the law of the land at that time, when a person, especially a woman, not, not a man, but a woman was caught in the act of adultery, the society and the chief priests and the scribes, them, they had the responsibility to take up the biggest rock or stone that they could find and put this woman in the middle of everything so that everybody know this woman was hitting the thing under the table, but we catch her, we get him, we get him. And she have to die. They were embarrassing the woman. That's number one. I mean, leave it there. Embarrass. Okay, let her go because that would have killed her morale. But they said, no, 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 no. And guess who started out? The chief priest then. They pick up the biggest rock. They couldn't even lift it up. They're strain. Strain. 
and then come in with it and then bring her thank God they bring her before Jesus and Jesus got down and said okay let's write who have no sin truly for her and the man said let me check myself <laughs> but we are me full of sin me wretched just like this one or worst and you know what the man understood like hey I can't hit this woman I can't kill this woman listen this is a picture of the gospel look at what Jesus said in the verse um, 11 in the second half of the verse 11 after she had an encounter with Jesus Jesus liberated her from her sinfulness and gave her no a life of righteousness listen to what Jesus said then if they did not condemn you in the verse um, 11 and the second part of John chapter 8 Jesus said then neither do I condemn you Jesus declared and listen to this this is the good news of the gospel go now and continue sinning no Jesus said go now and live your life of sin you know what Jesus was showing her is that in me you can get up of your sinfulness and live no a life free of righteousness in Jesus Christ we know are protected from what we deserve and what we should have received God give us his son Jesus Christ to substitute us that when the the wrath was coming against us Jesus get on our shoulder and cover us and receive it what Jesus was telling this woman in me you are free to live can I give you the good news? It does not matter your wretchedness, your brokenness. It doesn't matter the sin that you've committed. As long as you are in Christ Jesus, Jesus can cover you by his grace. And then he will give you the power to walk away free from it. Even though they humiliate you because of your sin. Even though they talk about you because of your sin. Even though they think the worst of you because of your sin. God through his son Jesus Christ liberates us to live free for his glory so we are no longer conditioned by our sin we are conditioned by his righteousness and his goodness and his mercy so don't live a defeated life listen to me no man we live defeated because in christ jesus we are more than conquerors hallelujah you see what you have in jesus you see what jesus did for you he protected you from the people that wanted to kill you because of what you've done but he gives you no liberation through his blood and his sacrifice. You know can live free from your past, from your present, and from your future sins. That's in Christ Jesus. You have no power to be free. That's why Habakkuk was only seeing the bad. The Habakkuk was only seeing the negative. The Habakkuk was only seeing the worst of the worst. But God wanted Habakkuk to see even in the worst of the worst. He wanted him to see the good. That's this is crazy to me. How is it that God will... This is crazy, you know. This, this is God's greatness. God, Listen, God is... Even your struggle and doubts, God can take it and use it for His glory. Because He's so great that, listen to this, evil and wickedness and doubt can't stop Him from being God. <laughs> your struggle can't reduce and limit His Godness. Because he's so great that he has so much power to come down and take the worst and make it the best for us. You see the gospel right there? God take the worst situation of Jesus' life and bring salvation to all of us. The disciples, they were only seeing death and destruction. But God said, I'm going to use it for my glory.
So the prophet was struggling with God's choice and the prophet was struggling with God's method and listen to what he, he decided to do. God, I'm tired of this situation. I'm burdened by this situation. I don't understand what you are doing even though I see what you are doing. I don't like it. I'm tired of it. But listen to what the prophet said. I'm going to put my confidence in your word. In the verse 12, look how it started out. The prophet said, we will not die. Why? Remember the description that he gave us of God? God is what? Everlasting. God is what? Holy. And what is God is? God is a rock. The image of rock in the Old Testament is always used for protection and refuge. And it was only used in the context of when evil and when problem would come against the people of God. So what the prophet is doing, the prophet is calling out to the promise-keeping name of God. In fact, let me teach you something very important. When you are reading the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms and poetry, anytime you find the word El O R D R in caps, capital letters, it refers to God's covenant promise name. In meaning that God is a God who keeps his promises and God who is faithful in our seasons of life. So look at what the prophet said now in the verse 12. He said, Oh Lord, is it lowercase Lord? Put the other for me, Kesh. Look at it. It's in all caps. What he's saying, God. I know evil is coming. I know all this thing is coming. But one thing I know too. You are a God who protects and preserves even through the storms of life. My goodness. You see that God? That God protects you even in the worst of life. Even in the difficulties of life. Listen, even with what you are struggling with right now, God protects you. Do you see what the prophet is doing? The prophet is telling you, look, I know, look, listen, listen. We should never live in denial of evil and real and these things that are going on. We should never ignore it. But in the midst of that, we must learn to see God's divine protection in it. In your suffering, Miss Elena, learn to see God's divine protection in it. Cheryl, in your hard time, learn to see God's protection in it. Never doubt and never lose sight of who God is because of what you are going through. Because listen, God is bigger than what you are going through. And God is a God who protects. And listen to what the prophet said now in verse 1 of chapter 2. He said, in light of who? Look, in chapter 12, uh, 1 of verse 12, he said, the Lord protects. And then in verse 1 of chapter 2, he said, in light of who God is, I will take my stand and watch. He started to boast about who God is. He said, God, I don't understand. This thing is too heavy. I can't carry this burden. I can't expect what you are doing is going to be real. But the prophet said, I will take my stand and watch. He said, oh, Lord, God, do you see my son? He's out there. Um, he's consuming all kind of substances. And he's not listening or she's not listening. But you know, God, I will take my stand and watch. Lord, God, I'm going through this. And I'm in pain. I'm in shambles. My life is falling apart. I don't see no finances. I don't see no provision coming out right now. But I will take my stand and watch. God, I don't understand what you are doing. I can't take this no more. Ah, I can't take this no more. Take your stand and watch. Watch what? What the Lord will do. What the Lord will do. 
That's what the prophet understood in verse 5 at the same chapter. God said, look at the nation and watch. And be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that will blow your mind. Listen, we want God to do the little things then. When God have the bigger things for us, don't settle for the little when God have the bigger for you. Stand and watch. And then he said, I will look and see what the Lord will do. So here's the lesson that I want us to walk away from today. Be patient when you are struggling to see God's greater purpose through what you are going through. Be patient. The prophet place his confidence in God's word. He said, I will wait and see what you will say to me and as you answer my complaint. We are struggling with that. We are. You remember Peter, the apostle? In Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus said, I am going to the cross. They are going to kill me. The chief priest, all of them, they are going to kill me. But on the third day, in fact, let's read it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 20, all the way to verse 20. And write it down. Listen to what God said to him, to Peter. Peter said, Jesus don't say, Peter, you're going to be the rock. You are going to be the shining light. You have power. All authority is going to be given to you. Verse 20. Look at what Jesus said. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was what? And look at verse 21. Jesus began to tell him in verse 21. He said to them, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples what? That he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many what? Some things, little bit of things. And listen to it. He will suffer it by his own people, the leaders, the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed. And on the third day, what? Jesus said, this will happen. Bad things going to happen. But trust. For three days, trust. Just trust three days. Hold on a little bit. And then look at this hard man. No. Just receive a revelation about who Jesus is. And the man said in verse 22, Peter took him aside. It's bad hard, you know. The king of the universe. And the man looked at the king of the universe. I have more power than you because I have seen the revelation of God. And the spirit of God is working in me. And I can tell you what you need to do. Look at what Peter said. He pulled him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. And he said, never Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, the son of God. He said, get behind me, Satan. But Jesus, you don't tell me that I am the man of God. But you're the Satan right now. Jesus said, you are stumbling. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely the upcoming suffering and evil. He was thinking about his choice, his desires, but he was not considering what God is doing. What would happen if I take this paper and cover my side? I can't see, right? This is the description that we have in Habakkuk chapter 1. The overwhelming reality of life was covering not only Peter, but Habakkuk's sight. And he could not see what God was doing. 
only can see the paper. Listen to me. Not because you are only seeing the paper, that doesn't mean on the other side God is doing something. Continue pray. Continue talk to God for that son, that daughter. No give up. Continue believe. Continue trusting God because even though I'm seeing this right now, I am still going to watch and see what God will do. Life will cover us with a lot of things. But God is working on the other side. Every head bow, every eye close. If the Lord of life, Jesus said, cast your burden upon me. Don't be afraid to bring your burdens to Jesus. In fact, if you are cursing out Jesus, tell him I'm cursing you out. I don't like what you are doing. It's like we're afraid to be real with God. We think that God does not know the secret of our hearts. God sees it. God knows it. He knows it. Be real with God. Stop beat around the bush. Be like the prophet Habakkuk. God, you are wretched. How is it that you are going to do this? This is incredible. But you know what, God? I'm going to still place my confidence in you. What is it that you are struggling with today? That you can't see God work, but you know that you just need to trust God. Because on the other side of the life, he's doing something greater than what you are seeing right now. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Right where you are, just tell God right there. What is it that you are struggling to tell God as I pray for you? I do not know. You don't have to confess it to me or anyone, but let's confess it to God. Confess it like the prophet Habakkuk. God, I don't like the Babylonians. How is it? You are a man of God. You are a prophet of God. God, are you here? I don't like the Babylonians. I can't take them. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they are saying about me. But God, in spite of all that, I'm going to place my trust and confidence in what you are doing through them. I can't see, Lord God, but help me to see what you are seeing. So God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now as they confess as they recognize, as they ask you, Lord God, to give them the strength. Maybe it's a rebellious child. Maybe it's a struggle that they have at home. Maybe it's a struggle, Lord God, that they have in their relationship. Maybe, Lord God, it's husband and wife eating themselves up like two game four. But God, as they confess, I pray, God, that you will help them to see what you are doing amidst that dark reality. Father, all the corruption and the evil. How is it that the evil ones are prospering and we are catching hell? God, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust your work. Open up my eyes to see wonderful and marvelous things of your work now, Lord God. God, I join with my brothers and sisters as we pray in faith and in confidence and knowing what you can do and what you are doing. 
Do the miracle in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to see what you are doing, Lord God. Touch our hearts, my God, not to lose our faith and our trust in you, but that we will remain confident in your greatness, Lord God, in who you are, in your nature, my God. That even the flood come down, even when the rain come down, even when the storms of life hit us, my God, by our roots are so, so rooted and firm in Christ Jesus, even when the heaviest of wind will blow against our, uh, our limbs, Father, we will remain rooted, confident of what you are doing. We will not give up. We will tarry. We will pray. We will pray, God. And we will wait, for your ways are higher than our ways. Wait on the Lord and run, and then you will see what he will do. That's what the prophet said, Isaiah said to the people, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on wings like eagle. They shall run and never get weary. Lord God, we will wait. Not wait with our hand folded, but wait praying with confidence, that you would touch this situation as we struggle. Help us not to lose heart, even though we are asking why. In Jesus' name I pray, and the church of God sing out. Amen. Amen. And the church of God sing out. Thank you for listening today. Our hope is that this message has allowed you to hear from the God who loves and redeems you through His Son, Jesus. To hear more from The Alternative, subscribe through your preferred podcast app. We would love to connect with you. You can follow and contact us on Instagram or Facebook at the alternative underscore SAI or watch past messages at youtube.com slash the alternative underscore SAI. Have an awesome week.